Ayo! Welcome to season two of the Arts Block Podcast. For artists. For artists. By artists. By artists. So artists can talk about anything that we want and desire. I'm your host. I'm your what? I'm your host, Eric Curry the Third. Getting bigger and better this season, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned for the show. Hey, yo, welcome back to another episode of the Arts Bar Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Curry III, and today, this is a little different uh, episode, ladies and gentlemen. I just figured out how to use my mic almost 20 episodes in, and I just figured out how to use my mic. Shut up. Um, But no, nah, today, we have a special guest in the building, ladies and gentlemen, but before we get into the special guest, I have a big announcement to make. Shout out to Bobby Schmurder. He just got out. Shout out to my boy, Bobby Shout out to my boy Bobby. He just got out. Uh, I don't know him personally, but but that's my boy at heart. But um, but now let's get into this amazing guest that we have on the podcast. We have uh, we have uh, I don't even know where to start. An actor, a drawer. He actually drew the sketch for the Arts Block Podcast logo. So without him, there probably wouldn't be no Arts Block Podcast logo. And I really do appreciate him for using his talents and uh. And I offered to pay him, and he said, nah, Eric, just had me on the podcast. And I felt so bad not being able to get him on season one. So here you are on season two, uh, one of the last episodes on season two, the second to last episode of season two. So welcome, everybody. Give a warm Arts Block welcome. I got to put the mic down for this. Give a warm Arts Block welcome to Mr. Santiago Moriarty. Give it up, give it up, give it up, give it up, give it up. Thank you, Eric. No, to you, to you. Like Santiago, how are you doing? How are you? I am good. I've been looking forward to this since you asked me about this last year. How are you? No, I'm great. I'm glad that I'm finally getting this one done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me too. I've been waiting all day. I know, Santiago. I know. I know you're. But are you? But are you ready though? Are you nervous? Like, how are you? Like, how are you feeling? Like, uh. Are you feeling about this? Are you nervous? Are you scared? Right now, I'm fine. 20 minutes ago, I was not fine. I was like, oh. But wow. Okay. So for everybody uh, that doesn't know, um, Santiago is a junior. I am a sophomore. Both go to Duke. Um, but he was in my ensemble for my whole first year of Duke. And Santiago was like a legend. In the theater department, I don't know if you still have that legendary status over Zoom. But I know you did, but I know you did when we were in school. So, how did it feel being a young legend going to Duke? I mean, Duke is full of legends. I don't know if I ever considered myself one of them, but for sure, just walking those hallways every morning, you go in and you're like, I mean, you think of all the talent and all the potential that's in that building, and you look in the hallways and I think I've had this conversation with you. I know I've had it with other people. You think about like, oh, some of my friends are going to be famous someday, like yeah. soon, straight out. I mean, you interviewed Charlie recently. Yeah, I did. That was dope. Shout out Charlie. Yeah. I mean, Mikel, everybody, you, I mean, I, every day I walked in the building and now it's a bit harder to feel this inspiration over Zoom, but every morning you walk in, it's, um, yeah, you just stay inspired by everybody else. They seeing what everyone else is doing. 
but I don't think you understand like how big of an inspiration you were to um, us as a second, as a first year class, right? So um, you coming in and your dedication and how hard you work and how eager you were to do theater, I don't think we as a class was expecting someone to be like that. Because we weren't, we weren't even like that coming in, in there, right? So your, so where did that love and that energy that you brought that first year for theater, where did that come from? I think I felt the energy from you guys, and I was just trying to bounce it back on you all. And really? The energy from the teachers, and I mean, I think too, the fact that it was my first year in American school ever, because I I grew up in South America. I was just like, I need to show them that I can yeah. do something. I need to prove myself. And I showed up that first day and everybody knew what to do. And I felt like everybody knew what to do. I mean, even think something is as simple. I think you were the one that showed me how to navigate the cafeteria, like the lunch line. Like I've never had that. So it was things like that where I just was like, I need to stay active. I need to become a part of this group of people. It's so intense. And um, I think I, I did it better than I expected I would have. <laughs> and, and let's give the, let's give them the backstory. So you, um, you, you're from originally from Seattle. Yes. Um, you are from Seattle. You moved from Seattle to South America when you were four, right? Yes. Correct. So, and you j literally just moved back to America, but now you're in a whole different other side of the country than Seattle. Yeah. And you're here for, for school, for a performing arts school. But however, you are also in a performing arts school in South America. So, so where did that love for the arts come from? Did it come from your parents? Did it just come from you being around artists in South America? Like what, what happened? I think my parents were probably, yeah, my parents definitely from a young age were strong on the arts, but not theater. I, my first experience with art really was violin. I got a violin when I was seven years old. Really? Um, I played that for about seven years on and off. And I've always loved performing since I got the violin, you know, that there's a magic that you feel on stage, regardless whether you're acting or playing an instrument yeah, or singing. Um, but then around that same time I got the violin, we had a family friend who ran a circus in Bolivia where, where I lived. And my mom figured try out the circus. We went to a show and I, thought it was amazing and I joined it. So that was my first experience with acting really. Um, and whenever I talk about acting, I always credit my initial love for it to both the circus, which I was a part of, mm -hmm. and Singing in the Rain, the movie. Oh, so I was like, little Singing in the Rain. <laughs> Santiago, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I watched Singing in the Rain when I was like six and I was, I became obsessed with it and I knew every song and I would dance around the house and dress up and um, perform for my family. But then I kind of left that all and went back to, I was going to audition with violin for this performing arts high school in Bolivia. And I don't think they have slots. And I figured, well, I did the circus. 
um, I like watching plays, so I'll try the theater department. And I met this guy, um, Bernie, who was the director of that theater program. Shout out to Bernie, because he's an amazing person. And he got me really into it. And now it's, you know, what I want to do with my life. So. But what made you choose Duke? Because you, did you know about, like, Duke? Like, who, wait, hold on, who brought Duke up to you first? Who brought that my up? Dad. My dad brought it up a while ago because my dad was a teacher in D.C. in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And he knew about it. And I, I was like 12, maybe. And he was like, well, if we ever move to the States, you know, D.C. is an option of where we might live. Um, and there's this Duke Ellington School of the Arts. And, you know, back then they were thinking I would play violin because I hadn't started theater seriously yet. But I knew about it. It was always in the back of my mind. And then my dad moved up here six months before my the rest of my family. And he was like, hey, we're in D.C., like Duke Ellington School of the Arts. And he sent me the audition procedures. And then I moved up and auditioned and met you guys. Was that, was that scary, though? Because not just going to a whole different school, coming from a whole different... It's not like you came from a whole different state. You came from a whole different country, a whole different culture, a whole different way of speaking, a whole different pace of life weather is different it's really cold here was it really was it like hot in bolivia like did it feel good all the time yeah it's like this weather right now it's like 60 degrees that's like the coldest it would get in the daytime i mean it doesn't snow it exactly doesn't snow. like you came here and it snowed like I don't, what is this? yeah yeah so it was, was scary was it like a culture shock in a sense oh yeah i still feel it to this day there are times where I just sit back and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I live here. Like, it's weird. It's really weird. It's bizarre. But Duke definitely helped. I mean, Duke, to find a community of people that I could just be myself with and to see you guys. do, Yeah, no, that was a huge part of what helped me. But culture shock, yeah, every day still. It's going to be two years this summer and I still feel it. Yeah. Has anyone, because has, I know you know a lot of people at Duke. I don't know how many black people you know. But has anyone taken you to a carryout? Anyone taken you to a carryout? Yes. Oh, that didn't seem too convincing to me, Santiago. That didn't seem too convincing. Okay, well, look, listen. The biggest challenge I've faced beyond culture shock is that COVID became a thing like seven months after I moved here. That's true. So I came in the summer of 2019. I didn't know anybody. So my summer was the worst summer of my life, pretty much, because I was stuck. I didn't know anybody in the city. And then I started Duke. You know how Duke schedules are. It's like 12-hour days, 16-hour days. And then COVID hit, and I haven't been able to see anybody. So a lot of things I just wish I could do, I haven't been able to do yet. And... Man, I gotta take you to a carryout. I gotta take you to, gotta take you, gotta take you over to Southeast. Gotta get you over to MLK Deli. Mm-hmm. Then I gotta take you to a good, a good, good carryout. Get you some authentic carryout mumbo sauce. I got you, Santiago. Nobody gave you the, nobody gave you the welcoming that you deserve. <laughs> I got you. No, definitely. I got you. Nobody gave it to you. That's disrespectful. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad at ninth grade me for not doing that. That's disrespectful. So Santiago, you, not everybody, we didn't, I didn't know that you could draw. 
Let's, let me start there. I didn't know that you can draw until we had to do this assignment for theater and you drew this, um, uh, yeah, like you will know, I'm trying to explain it into like language terms. It's like this, it's like a theater historian. Let's just call him that. Like a yeah. theater historian, his name is Brett. You drew him in, like you just drew a sketch of him in French class and it took you like less than five minutes. And, it, and I was looking like, what are you going to do with like hours of time that you have after class? Because this looks good. Like we had just put, put this on the poster right now. Like, yeah. But where did you, and you said that your performing arts school, you they didn't just teach you one thing. They taught you a, a plethora of different arts. So what kind of made you, and even though they did teach you a plethora of arts, you didn't have to like pick up on drawing. You didn't have to. You didn't have to do that. So what made you do that? Drawing? Okay, so earlier I said my first experience with arts was violin. That was my first experience with performing arts and like being introduced to an art. The drawing I've been doing since before I can remember. I feel um, like that's every kid though. Yeah, but I mean, I was serious about it. Like I wanted to be a cartoonist growing up. Um, and I, I read comic books like crazy. Not the superhero comic books, but other comic books and just other, I just liked visual arts. And I went to a visual arts class once when I was around six, what, literally one class. And then I told my mom, I don't want to come, which I sometimes regret because you want technique. Like sometimes I think back at it and I'm like, be good to have some technique, which I don't have. Um, but no, six-year-old me was just like, I don't want to be here like this. Yeah, I felt bad. It was like a mom's friend of mine. She ran the school, but anyway. But why didn't you now, like, how old were you when you got into Duke? 15? 16? 16. 16. Why? So what made you be like, nah, like 16-year-old you, why weren't you like, you know what, maybe I want to try VA again, or maybe I want to try violin again. What made you be like, you know what, I know I want to do Theater. This is this is it. VA. I didn't choose because I can't draw for. I can't draw under pressure. I can draw for projects like I did with Brecht and for theater, but I can't draw under a. You know, for an assignment, I've never been able to. So I just knew that was off, not an option, and violin it's really regretful and sad to me but i i was kind of burned out with when it came to violin like i just i was in an orchestra for a while for like four or five years and nine-year-old me staying at an orchestra rehearsal until like 11 30 just wasn't good and i just i love violin as an instrument i love violin music but the, some of the memories i associate with violin just intense rehearsals I've kind of blocked it out. And I know sometimes I wish I could go back to it, but not as a career choice. Yeah. Theater is definitely my career choice. So I figured that's what I'd do. Um, so I know you said you're and that's hilarious that your introduction to theater was the circus. Cause I feel like a lot of great playwrights, directors, especially older playwrights and directors, their first experience with theater was the circus. But it wasn't just a regular circus. 
it was the Bolivian. Am I saying that right? Bolivian. Yeah. It was the Bolivian th- circus. Mm-hmm. Is have you been to Amer- American thir- a circus? American circus? No, no. You haven't? No, I know what they're like because movies, but Dumbo is like the nearest. Dumbo is the nearest thing you had to a circus experience? No, like, yeah, honestly, because I, yeah, I've never. (laughs) Never had like the Universal Soul Circus? No. Dang, Santiago. Bro, I gotta get you, I gotta get you out of here. I don't even know if the Universal Soul Circus is still a thing. But I, I gotta get you off that Tiago. I mean, this Bolivian circus wasn't like exotic, but it was it was different. There weren't a ton of like it wasn't clowns with makeup and stuff. It was yeah. theater in a circus tent and it was juggling and live music, but they had this youth program which was um I'm forever grateful for. And they taught me to juggle and they taught me to use the flags mm-hmm. and the Diavolo, which is that plastic two discs stuck yeah. together a string with two sticks and um which i never got good at <laughs> but different things like that and it was really 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 fun so so basically what i what i heard was not what i heard but what i'm like comprehending is that the circuit helped you be free with like actual like actual on stage theater like yeah. the circus helped you be more free, be more comfortable, be, be more like, you know what? I embarrass myself in front of thousands of people. I'm okay embarrassing myself in front of 20 of y'all. Like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And, and also, Santiago, you're like the old, like, you're like the OG. Like, you, like, not like, you already had, did high school, right? So, and you did high school in Bolivia. Yeah. Right. So what still what made you be like, you know what, I'm getting nah, I don't really want to do well, were you in like a performing arts high school or were you in like a just a regular degular? Performing arts high school. I did theater there. Bro, you were in a performing arts high yes. school in Bolivia. Yes. Why do you want to move here? It's cold. No, I I mean, I just want every experience I can get, which is I think part of the reason I like theater anyway, but as a 16-year-old, first of all, I didn't really have much of a choice about whether I was going to move or not. That's true. That yeah. was appreciative of the fact that I could also, I mean, I think it really helps to have a Bolivian experience, an American experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to be able to go to England for college, to have a third experience. And I think just knowing as many versions of theater and acting as possible, mm-hmm. helped. I think that really helped me a lot. But definitely acting in English for the first time. Yeah. That was very, very, very scary. I, me and um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say his name, but the the head of our theater department. There you go. In a room together alone. Yeah, I was nervous. I was really nervous, but. But you got in though. It worked out. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Man, twenty and like you said, twenty twenty was a crazy, very unpredictable year. Yeah. And a lot, a lot, a lot happened. However, throughout all the bad, um, bring out some good that happened to you in 2020. If you can, because I know it's going to be really hard. <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, even though I earlier was talking about COVID, mm-hmm. 
affecting everything. I don't think I went out as much with other people as I would have liked to, but um, I got to know DC, mostly the National Mall, but I got to know, I got to figure my way out through the city. Um, I was biking a lot throughout the summer, but also I, I just became closer with a lot of people at Duke. Um, I really started talking to you in 2020, the beginning of 2020. I mean, that's when it all got really intense at Duke. We had a ton of projects going on. I was doing Shakespeare with the second years. Was. Um, we had a year ago, I guess, exactly. We were doing the Black History Project mm -hmm. um, for our class. And I just really got into a rhythm of work, which was a bit corrupted once COVID started, but I think I've started to find a bit more. But I, I think I became comfortable in what it is I do and the work. And that's such a broad thing to explain, but I, I really became comfortable in how, I work and how other people work and what you get from that work. Yeah. yeah. Have you been, have you been creating at all in 2020? Have you been like, um, like drawing anything or like writing any like short films or anything? Drawing? No. Mm last time I drew was probably last year, which is really sad. I love drawing still, but I just don't, some inspiration has kind of left me. Um, I've been writing, I, I really enjoy writing. I've been journaling, but most of all theater takes up mm -hmm. so much time. Which I'm not complaining about, but it takes up a lot of time. Yeah. But yeah, we're doing scenes right now with my class. We're doing monologues. So I think that's my most creative outlet um yeah not a ton not as much as i'd like to in terms of oh and music definitely music yeah i've been doing a lot i play piano every day for hours if i can you are a great pianist it's pianist yeah i remember you freestyling the first week of school i was playing the piano you were you remember that yeah i have a video of it oh man can you send me that video I'll de yes, I'll send that video. Thank you. Yeah, I have uh, two of them, but <laughs> it's good. It's great because that was just the environment that we were around, that free environment. That you know what? If these yeah. these, these two pianos are here, and even though one's broken, one of one of them works. <laughs> see what happens, right? Yeah. In that free uh, environment to just be creative and to create everything. That was crazy to get to Duke and just there's music constantly. Constant. constant music, constant singing and um, shouting, just dancers in the hallways, actors doing monologues in the hall. It's an amazing environment. Like a ghetto high school musical. Yeah. Ghetto high school musical. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's so much better almost. I mean, no, it definitely is better. Mm -hmm. It's so much better than anything that you could imagine. There's negative sides to it. And that's what I was telling the fre the kids that were auditioning this year, because mm -hmm. I was me and the other people who were talking to them started making it sound like it was this wonderland of you don't have to take standardized tests in theater and you don't have to do this. It's an intense environment, mm -hmm. but it really brings out the best in so many people. It's a beautiful thing yeah. to watch and to be a part of. I miss it so much too. And I'm glad that we already started getting into this because I wanted to get into this anyway, Santiago. I ask every person that goes to Duke Ellington, 
this question, and it is: Do you want to do going to school of the arts? Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Yes, Santiago, you already know what I need from you. I need your honest opinions on Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Do you hate it? Do you love it? Do you do you do, what more do you want from the school? What are you getting enough of from the school? Tell me everything. Spill the tea. You're a junior. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um I like Duke. I think right now we're facing the challenges every high school is facing. I was I was looking at a post um a college that I'm thinking of applying to, and they posted a picture of all their students at home stuck in their bedrooms recording theater on Zoom. I think that sucks. I mean, honestly, yeah, it sucks. It's the worst possible way to do theater. The worst things ever. It's really, really painful. I mean, just drags everything out of you. It sucks. And the worst thing is that people who never have done live theater don't understand how terrible it is to do theater over Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> like when like when I tell you that like like the theater got hit really hard because of COVID cuz now it's not just that the theater might not even be a thing when we get back to regular world. It's at the point where we can barely act to our full potential because we can't feel the energy through freaking Wi-Fi. Like, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And it's not even like film acting, because film acting, you have a crew there. And you're you still in a scene there. with somebody you else. scene partners. Yes. And I look around, and it's my street and my bed, <laughs> and I can hear my brother in the room next door doing his social studies class. I mean, it's... It's limiting. It's so limiting. And mm. yeah, I I mean I've learned a lot. My the teachers at Duke, back to Duke. Um the teachers are great. The art teachers, academic teachers too. I, I, I mean the academics are great, but we go for the arts and the art teachers are they know what they're doing, but I think they're facing the same challenges every teacher and every person is facing right now, which is just quarantine. Mm -hmm. the worst um yeah that's what i think about duke i think there are challenges they face i think i think there are times where we could join departments and mm -hmm. i think there are there's a lot of locked up and hidden potential mm -hmm in our eight departments. We have eight departments and we use them individually. Mm -hmm. And it's really sad to me. Duke does a lot. I mean, I love what Duke is doing, but I just think like we have a music department and we have a writing department and we have an acting department and we have a dance department. We can do a professional level musical with the people we have we have 600 kids every single one of them is inspired and every single one of them has a talent mm -hmm. and we have one of the nicest theaters like actual facilities i've ever seen obviously i'm talking about if this were after or before covid mm -hmm. um and there's just some times where i just feel like they keep us too disconnected from each other each department yeah. but otherwise 
And that's not a critique in the sense that I'm like, you guys aren't doing enough to Duke Ellington. I'm just thinking there's a lot of potential, which I think we, we have left to unlock. No, I, I definitely understand that. I definitely understand that because me and uh, shout out, shout out to Jordan, because uh, we were actually talking about this on our episode when she said that, um, that she will love a all school production. And I feel like a couple other people said that to me as well. An all school production will be something very beneficial to us as artists, not only because we're working together as a school, but because there are so many creative minds thinking together in one place, the inspiration and the ideas are just going to start bouncing off of each other like that. So I do think that we that's something we need to bring up. And I feel like uh I feel like Duke is scared to do it uh because of the budget, but I don't think they're thinking about how much money we will make back from yes. that budget if we do this performance. Yeah. Yeah. And what you say about budget. Sorry? I'll say especially before COVID. Yeah. And after COVID, I think once we really get back to normal, people are impatiently waiting to watch a show. Like nobody's been to a theater in months, over almost a year now. Mm-hmm. And I know as soon as I see a show come up, I'm going to go to it. Yeah. So I know a lot of people would feel the same way. Duke had popular shows already, so I think we would we would pull in some good some good audience numbers. I think so too. I think so. Yeah. I mean, really, Duke is doing a lot, but and COVID is so limiting. When I when I say all these things that could be done differently, could be done more often. This is all post COVID, but yeah, definitely, I think all school productions would be so beneficial, and maybe not even all eight departments, but just join dance and theater, join music and theater, join you know, join them. Just something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but we don't have to showcase our talents individually but we can showcase our talents as a school yeah very beneficial for all of us as a are you guys doing you guys are doing a um black history month thing right now right yeah so we literally just got finished with that today um that's the that's the second year well not all some of the second year department we are composing a black history month piece from our black history month monologue that we had to do our juries with oh yeah um our jury pieces are actually really good and there's seven of us that's that are doing it and yeah so i'm excited for that to that to come out so the department can see that and for whoever they're going to send it to 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 see that project and our hard work yeah yeah, because yesterday in acting class, um, my our teacher mentioned you guys. She was like, second years are doing big things. Yeah. Stay ahead of them because you're catching up. No, you guys are, yeah. Are you doing Shakespeare then too? Because Yeah, we're, we're, then we're also doing Ruffins. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, talk, to, I'll talk to you about that um, off-air though. Something, I'll talk to you about that off-air. But, Santiago. You are also, and I don't know how many people know this about you, but you are also very photogenic. 
you can take a boy you can take a picture boy eric we have one picture and since the day we took it i have thought you looked better in that picture so <laughs> you know how to take a but i'm just saying like even like your little like uh shots that you post on like uh, instagram and all those like you know how to take a pic where where did that eye come from where did that eye come from oh just for pictures i i really just take things pictures of things i like i mean it's as simple as that i um sometimes i don't like the pictures but sometimes i yeah usually it's just i like symmetry i really like symmetry and how things look um i like watching movies because of how they really show the world in a way in which a lot of people don't see the world sometimes mm -hmm. i look watching different directors um and and you just you learn through experiencing other people's art so that's i think my favorite thing i think drawing definitely helped too growing up constantly drawing you get a sense of angles but i've never thought of myself as a as an amazing photographer or anything. Um, my dad takes really good pictures too. So I think he- But, but Santiago is, is, being hum is being real humble right now. This boy can make a tree look good. He can take a random picture of a tree and make it look good. <laughs> Why do you do that? Why do you just be trying to humble, humble yourself? <laughs> I just, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, to say yeah i i'm the one with the camera but everything i'm taking pictures of is is pretty on its own i mean mm -hmm. if i'm taking a picture of a tree and it looks nice that's the tree doing all the work i think but that's deep yeah well yeah. thank you Santiago, for coming on the ars Blog podcast but you thank know you. before you get off the podcast we have to do this we have to get her dead or alive now everybody that's just first time tuning into the Ball podcast welcome hello how are you thank you for tuning into the Ball podcast um if you're going to stay welcome if you're leaving well goodbye and um but dead or alive this is a segment on the podcast where i ask the artist that is on the podcast who they would like to work with that is dead or alive no, they can choose one artist. They can choose a hundred artists. Please don't choose a hundred artists because I still got to edit this podcast. But yeah, okay. Do you dead or alive? I'm gonna give you three. One, two, three. Okay. Daniel Day Lewis. Mm -hmm. Viola Davis. Mm. A lot of people know her. My two favorite actors, and Wes Anderson, the director. Really? Yes. Those are the three people I'd like to work with. There are dozens of others I'd like to meet. Mm -hmm. A lot of others I'd like to work with too, but those are, I'm going to keep it at three. You want to keep it at three? And everybody watching this podcast, check out the work of every single one of those artists. Viola Davis, Daniel Day-Lewis, Wes Anderson are geniuses. Yes. Um, living legends. Mm -hmm. Truly. And check out Eric. Check out everything Eric's ever done. Ever and keep it up. He's gonna. I appreciate that. I yeah. really do. 
I appreciate that because we're on the Arsbot Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into the Arsbot Podcast. I appreciate every last one of you for watching. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode because I sure enough did. But my boy Santiago, Santiago, before we get off this podcast, is there anything you want to say, promote, push, anything? Mm, those artists, listen to them. Um, and also, just don't be afraid to listen and to watch and to read and discover things that aren't popular i think is the biggest thing i've learned um from other people at duke is just be yourself and how you express yourself creative creatively and be yourself in what you consume creatively because there's a lot of underrated art out there that goes unnoticed for far too long message That's yeah please do that yeah don't don't just be don't just be in the same boat Try to um be very versatile in your art. Be very versatile in the artists you listen to. I try to be very versatile in the artists that I that I pick for the podcast. I'm uh choose people from different backgrounds, different aesthetics, different uh genres of art. So yes, please be open minded. Please be please be uh cautious as to what art that you consume and what art that you listen to, see whatever, and remember. That the Archibald Podcast told you that advice. Thank you for tuning in to the Archibald Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Curry III. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Curry III. You can follow the podcast at the Archibald Podcast. If you're listening on YouTube, you already know what to do. Make sure you like. Make sure you comment. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you turn on post notifications so you can be notified every time we post podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you give me a five-star and a review. If you're listening anywhere else, shout out to you. What did God remember, Santiago? Follow, follow, share, subscribe, do everything to promote this. Oh, okay, yes. Was that it? No, it wasn't it. But yes, to reiterate, yes, do all those things Santiago said. <laughs> remember that artists never die. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll see y'all. I'll see y'all next week, episode nine.